You're listening to Third Culture. I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land, and pay my respects to the elders, both past and present. G'day, 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 and welcome to Third Culture. We are on our pilot episode at the moment, our very first live and in charge, however you want to put it, um, episode where we are going to be speaking with the lovely Anna. Anna is here with us today. And as you know, in these episodes, what we want to really get into is kind of what is third culture? What does it mean to different people? How different people identify with it? And oftentimes the conversation can lead into something even deeper, just into what it is to be human almost. But um, <laughs> we wanted to start off with uh, just an introduction. So Anna, we have you here today. Welcome. Hi, Benja. Thank you for having me today. Um, yeah, my name is Anna. I'm a creative writer. I consider myself an adventurer of the world. Uh, my background is Mexican. I consider myself a very artistic and curious person. And yes, thank you for having me today. I'm really excited. <laughs> Same. Absolutely. I know it's been a long time coming for both of us. If you don't mind, I'd, I'd love to start off with just getting to know just a little bit about maybe where you've come from and what brought you to where you are now. Yeah, so um, as I previously mentioned, I'm Mexican. I lived in Mexico for most of my life. Um, I was living in Mexico City till I was six, where my parents decided um, that it was better to move to another uh, kind of smaller city. So. That was my childhood. Um, it started very nicely with um, moving houses and packing everything up and moving to a new different place. Mm. Um, after that, I pretty much grew up in a little town called San Luis Potosí or St. Louis, whatever you prefer, <laughs> uh, where I um, pretty much developed to a till I was a teenager and. Um, it was lovely. It was a very suburban place with um, its um, challenges and lovely things, both mixed. <laughs> um, and obviously, um, I had a lot of friends there. I uh, had the opportunity to meet a lot of people around my journey in Mexico. Mm. And I had a family, a very traditional family but a very adventurous family as well. So my dad used to take us everywhere he could every weekend. Mm. And I have lovely memories about that. Um, what else? A little bit about myself. I love arts. I love painting, writing. Um, and I used to do musicals when I was in high school. So. Um, if you ever have like two or three hours of your time, <laughs> I can surely send you a very, very amateur um, Peter Pan oh, uh, yes. musical if definitely you like. Definitely going to have to get that. Absolutely. <laughs> Def definitely going to have to get a copy of that. Um, I love that. I love that. Um, now, what, what was it exactly that took you from one side of the world to the other? That's an excellent question. Actually, my journey to Australia started only as a graduation trip. So I watched a lot of people while I was in college having this international experiences. Hmm. And that, that, in that time, it was only for a year. 
and they will come back and tell us everything about it. And I didn't have the opportunity because I was working all the time while I was at uni. So uh, when I finished, it was kind of a gift to myself to come to Australia and have like a month of fun of knowing a lot of people. And it ended up um, being a whole year of staying in Australia. And funny enough, when I was ready to leave this lovely adventure <laughs> and come back to Mexico, um, I found my partner, my my journey partner. I like that journey partner. That's a really great term. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna remember that one. <laughs> yeah. So um, and the rest was here history. I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The rest is history. Three Excellent. years later, here we are. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. Um, I think that's one one of the reasons why I wanted to, to touch on that is because when, when we talk about third culture, a lot of people think you must have lived in 16 different places in five years and, you know, speak 37 languages and have four passports and, and all those things to be third culture. But what I really liked about our conversations was that although it may not be a traditional way that you think of as a third culture person, what I really was liking is that feeling of being a citizen of the world. And I know that in some of our conversations we've had in the past we've mentioned that feeling of how we identify with some things and yet with other things we feel like we are just not quite part of, of the stereotype of what our culture should be for us the idea that you know all americans like apple pie and baseball or you know like yeah, um, absolutely um, those kinds and of things and i think i think we are very lucky to live on an era where uh, it's very easy to be a citizen of the world and we have the opportunity uh, like 50 years ago if you were coming to Australia you were from Mexico at least you were having absolutely no contact with your family unless it was from letters and mm -hmm. you'll be literally moving your whole life to mm. another part of the world and right now with uh, technology and other tools I mm. think we can discover other cultures not only um traveling there but also like we have so much information around us mm. yeah oh absolutely in terms of that information how do you think that the time from moving from the city to the beautiful burbs of mexico um, <laughs> <laughs> and then your time here in australia and and maybe how you view yourself more as a a citizen of the world rather than you know, orgulloso mexicano solo. Yeah, the patriot. Right. What kind of process has that been mentally? That's a very interesting question because uh, for a very long time, especially when I was in high school, I questioned myself a lot what being a Mexican was for me. Mm. And in my culture, in very traditional culture, um, being Mexican, it was giving absolutely everything to the country and the mm. family and your community. And I sometimes didn't share that feeling that the community was taking care of me as I was taking care of the community. Or I watched a lot of inconsistency on the phrases that uh, were considered nationalistic or like mm. you need to belong. So for me, coming to Australia and having that fresh air, a fresh view of the world, make it possible for me to understand my country as my roots, mm -hmm. as the place that gave me that ground floor to actually be able to have a perspective of 
the whole world and see, like decide where do I want to go and what do I want to learn and who I want to surround myself with. Because it's not only about the people that surrounds you in your country. Now, I think it's the people that surrounds your passions and surrounds your spirituality and your same objectives or goals. So it's not only, a, I think right now in this lovely stage of technology, the beauty of not only being Mexican or not only being American or not only being Australian or whatever you identify with, but also uh, in a most profound way, what makes your, like you, you, right? And that Mexican part makes a little part of me, but also the part that I discover in Australia. It's been so nutritious to understand myself and understand others. I don't know if you share that mm. feeling. Oh, absolutely. I kind of like that you touched on being here has allowed you to understand yourself and who you are and the differences of where you came from and what it was. It's kind of like an accent, right? No one knows what they sound like because that's their voice. Mm. But other people <laughs> hear them and they go, oh, you have an accent. And like, do I? That's just my voice. Yeah. And I think culture, <laughs> culture often goes like that as well. When you're in a homogeny, when you're in a same culture and you're not exposed to anything else, I, I tend to find it's, it's harder to, to see those differences, both appreciate and want to change. Right. Yeah. Not not all culture is bad or good. It's it's just a fluid, you know, living being in its own. It's it's a reflection of a group of people. That's all it really is. Absolutely. And in the end, it's just knowledge that a certain group of people possess. Yeah. And they're sharing it with you. And as everything that is shared, I think you need to watch the whole plate of that sharing delicious fruit <laughs> and yeah. pick the little parts that you think will be nutritious for you. I like that. You don't necessarily <laughs> have to eat the whole plate yeah. or yeah. become like uh, the plate itself. Yeah, it's not a buffet you know? challenge. Exactly, exactly. You don't have to either starve yourself to death or, um, or pack yourself with fruit for a month. But yeah. definitely, I think the beauty of this lovely sharing of cultures is that you can take the best mm -hmm. and you can also reflect on the things that you already possess as something that can change and that it's a little bit of perspective can change a lot the way you think about certain um, information that you already possess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I really like that. It's just made me think of another aspect I, I was really curious to get your perspective on. When it comes to gender roles and cultural expectation mm. of machisto, yeah. almost toxic masculinity, something yeah. that I noticed growing up from American parents, from what I knew, Mexican culture has a similar patriarchal, but also matriarchal, like mom is a very strong person, but dad's the one that is technically the household yeah in your experience because obviously there is some difference you know between usa and you know estados in the united states of america and united states of mexico <laughs> uh, which by, uh, by the way i remember we talked about that before is that you know <laughs> the, Absolutely. We're, both, we're both technically from the united states in one way <laughs> just one's yeah. mexican yeah, one's yeah. US. Absolutely. I love that. um but yes but yeah. in terms of in terms of that sort of gender role and, and expectation what was your experience um I think 
a misogynistic culture it's really hard to live and to especially to grow in this kind of environments where being a girl can be a disadvantage but at the same time i was um energetic or boisterous enough to raise some um, eyebrows on my way but obviously like i i grew up having like i remember this moment perfectly i was on a spelling bee contest when i was around four years old or five years old i was really really little and i remember that i was wearing my my uniform and i was in front of all the parents and i was so excited because my parents brought like a huge candy bar for me <laughs> and i could see it from 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 the stage right so i was i was like very excited and i i was talking to my like um friends uh, on the spelling bee and my i remember my mom's face pallid white <laughs> And at the end of the spelling bee, I was having the fun of, of my life. And at the end of the spelling bee, my mom told me, you were sitting with your legs open and everyone could see your underwear. Oh, no. oh, my. And I remember thinking like, then why do I need to wear a skirt? Mm. Right? Because my, my male, uh, friends at that time they were wearing like shorts and i was wearing a skirt and i remember that as a very big like uh notation on like the success or failure of a girl in a society that is that traditional mm. and obviously right now that i think about it i find it hilarious and yeah. silly and the fact that they i was expected to have certain behaviors at the very early age of five or six. Mm. Um, but I definitely encounter a lot of um, situations that put on perspective how much we needed to work on gender um, education, mm. especially. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it before with you, but I did a documentary about sexual assault in Mexico. Oh, wow. Um, I'm happy to give you the link if anyone is interested to watch it. Absolutely. But uh, pretty much I explain um, it's a girl uh, explaining to her mom that she was abused a few years ago. Mm. And the reaction of the mom, it's absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um, it was something that changed my view on a lot of issues hmm. that are related to gender in Mexico, like um, f feminicides and a lot of violence, especially mm. now with COVID, Mexican women are suffering. Yeah. If if someone suffers in the Mexican community, it's women. Yeah. And we need to do a lot of things. I'm really, really proud that my um, colleagues, feminists in Mexico are doing a, an excellent job putting themselves out in the community and reclaiming that space right. where they are usually um, assaulted. Right. And I think uh, the journey is long in that <laughs> matter, right. but we're here and we're trying to change it. And at least for me, it's important to stay on top of it every single day 
either if I'm here or if I'm in Mexico. And um, obviously, when I came here, and girls were like super free, and they were like sunbathing without um, a top. I, I was shocked, especially because you could like walk in the middle of the night um, with your headphones on. And no one will touch you, or it's very rare that a situation happens here. Mm -hmm. So it gives me a lot of, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it gave me a lot of, um, like a sensation of compassion for my own country. Mm. And at the same time, I felt really grateful of being in such a lovely platform as it is Australia. Mm. Mm-hmm to not only educate myself mm. but also uh, help my fellas uh, Mexican ladies <laughs> in all the ways yeah. I can from my mis hermanas trinchera, <laughs> yeah mis hermanas yeah. my sisters yeah. my sisters my family my uh, my support mm. and who in a very very difficult time of my life were there to support me and to make me feel like I was not alone that's beautiful so I think even though Mexico has such an issue with um, gender profiling and a lot of violence against girls and especially young girls mm. I think gave me a lot of perspective on what it's left to do right the, and yeah, the that it's an active, mm. yeah, that it's an active struggle every single day to educate, mm. to participate, mm. to um, involve yourself in uh, like an active role in the society to change what it needs to be changed. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah like yeah. i mean I, I, yeah it's powerful I, it is and that's what i love about these conversations that we get into did you find arriving and now having lived for a while here in australia it, it made you harder to to definitively go you know yes i am 100 this or that or you know did you think it's helped living in a such a multicultural place like australia oh absolutely australia has been a welcoming community a beautiful community that not only talks about multiculturalism, but lives on multiculturalism. Um, when I was at college, I had like uh, Dominican uh, friends and Argentinian friends and Colombian friends and Ecuador friends and American friends and some Italian, some European, but nothing resembles to to what I have lived here in Australia in terms of a different community and a multicultural community living side by side, having neighbors that mm. came from Africa or from Europe or even from parts of Australia that you wouldn't even imagine existed. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my first Australian friend was a, an Italian guy and a British fella that I encounter on the you the Hawaiian airport. 
they were going to Alaska. Where you find them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where you find them. And they were and living why? on Australia, right? right. And uh, we encountered briefly on the airport where I had to wait for 16 hours for my flight to Sydney. And <laughs> Sounds I about remember right. the Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking, how come I ended up meeting people that were living in Australia in Hawaii? That were they were living on the city they were supposed to go, mm -hmm. and when I got to the to the city and I met this lovely people where I was working with, where I was having drinks with, Irish from India, from South Africa, from China, from <laughs> Korea, yep. in all the different approaches of life all the different ways to say hello goodbye to address a problem with you to how to be polite or how to accept that people are different and so many different things not only the way they speak not only the language the way they eat the way they're socialized with others the structure of their own life and their own goals because we we share a lot of um, the base, mm. but as a beautiful um, piece of art, I think we took our very own essence and we express it in so, such a different way right. from each other. So for me, it was like watching a huge piece of art of so many different colors, so many different textures mm. and way to live that piece of art. And it, it, it has shown me heaps. It has opened my mind to so many different perspectives and mm. energy types. It's just been wonderful, really. That's that's really good to hear. I mean, I, I love hearing that. I mean, I know that, you know, no place is perfect. Anytime anyone asks me, you know, what's your favorite country? It's like, well, that's kind of, <laughs> it's really hard to say. There's cool things about a lot of places in the world. And there's things that I'd rather not mm. have about a lot of places in the world as well. Exactly. I mean, I think one one interesting thing that I've found with our relationship working together and, and now doing this podcast on the side, you know, like this kind of ability to actually have a more natural chat than we would say at work. Yeah. Chatting with you has helped me understand my own background coming from American parents and what it means to be Americano. Yeah. The, I think that was one interesting thing that, that you taught me was the you know that identity of north american that, yeah. that there is you know um, you know mexico canada and the us absolutely. that's north american it's very different than south american yes the food is different according to each country and that but i just found that really interesting because i think a lot of people listening even maybe won't know mexico for one speaking spanish not mexican <laughs> but that's okay you know hey you know if you're not if you're not raised around it how would you know right yeah i used to do this lovely game with my customers when i was working in hospitality and they will ask me like, where? it's a very common question here. Like, where are you from? Cause I can't really get your accent. <laughs> and I will tell them like, if you guess, I'll pay your bill. <laughs> and how many bills and have you paid? And not once, not once I had to pay the bill. I love it. I love because it. Because it, it was uh, like, um, we know so little of other cultures cool. that it's really hard to, to to really uh, get the tiny little pieces that gives us away, right? Yeah. But um, for me, like, especially discover the ways we can empathize or we can put our stories side by side. Right, right. 
And even though they're so different, you can find similarities and you can empathize with that and you can make a beautiful connection with other people. Absolutely. Based on that mm. tiny little pieces of story or history yeah. Yeah. that inevitably connects us. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I don't know about you, but that one line that becomes my mantra, it's a really cheesy line, you know, but it's that el pueblo unido jamás será vencido. You know, that the people <laughs> united will never be divided. I don't know, for me, I remember Absolutely. being a young person in, in Peru and hearing like the protests going on and people chanting that together. And it was just really, yeah. really powerful, that, that, that line that, like you said, that when we come together, and that's kind of what I'm hoping this podcast can do is help shine a light on the different ways that we are, that we identify with culture, the different ways that we connect with culture. And at the end of the day, that we may have a lot of differences, but we have a lot more similarities. Absolutely. And I think... One perfect example is the movie Bugs from Pixar. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. we're so afraid to embrace our differences. We're so afraid to be looked at like someone different right. that we don't see the value of our own perspective of life and our own um, way to exploring this world. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I think that's that. I think fear comes down to it quite a lot. I mean, whether it's xenophobia or or racism or anything, um, it really always seems to come down to a fear, either a fear of not being part of a group, or a fear of being part of a group. Yeah. It, it always seems to come down to that, and that's one thing I really like about where I see culture going now, and, and more and more people identifying in some way or the other as a little bit third culture, if not a lot third culture. <laughs> Because that allows you, I think, the idea that you were mentioning on evolution. It allows room for growth. It allows room for adaptation rather than a stagnation of culture where we've, we've thought these exact thoughts and these exact ways for a thousand years and we won't change at all, even if it's detrimental to us as a society. We're not going to change our minds. This is the way it's set. Exactly. I really like the coming across in my journey and being able to share my journey with other amazing people like you that are also in that mindset of... <laughs> hey, I don't know everything. We're all just a combination of our backgrounds. Um, and it, yeah. it's one of the reasons why I really like the question, instead of where are you from, which, as I joked, was, you know, the potential to give cold sweats yeah. when you ask certain people, like, I don't know, because because of that wanting to box them in. It then allows you to be more more open by asking instead, what's your background? Yeah. Um, I think that's the best way we can be allies to each other. I know in Australia, you, you probably know this line, it may not be the same in other countries, but I have heard it in other countries that, no, but where are you really from? Yeah. One of the most toxic questions, in, it's to discredit the answer that they got because they didn't like it. You know, I, I often... But at the same time, so powerful, right? Yeah. And, and it's funny that it is so powerful because for me, when people ask me where I'm from now, I would say Sydney. Because it's so much easier than, well, a lot, gather around the Snapchat, children, while I tell you about the <laughs> landline. <laughs> I wonder how our like grandparents or great-grandparents acknowledge this question. Because by the time our grandparents were um, young, mm -hmm. they were moving all around the world. Absolutely. Because uh, we had the World War II happening. We had several revolutions or civil wars in different countries. A lot of hunger a lot of uh violence around the world so we are inevitably 
uh, moving. I, I love that there is a song called Movimiento, Movement, from Jorge de Brexler. Mm -hmm. And he says, um, I'm not from here, but you either. You're not from here either. Ooh, okay. And um, so powerful to understand right. that we come from the same place, but at the same time, we come from so many different places. <laughs> and it says at the end of the song, if you want something to die, keep it still. Ooh. And I wow. found this a life mantra. We need to keep moving. We need to keep learning we need to keep nurturing our our minds our bodies our relationships our connections and especially as uh as the way we see uh the world now as countries and different communities we need to learn that for someone to use the word the other as something full of fear or hate or despair or a negative description to it, it's just based in our own fear and a very, very primal uh, part of us that it's no longer us as humans. It's us as uh, little chimps trying to survive. <laughs> and monkeys that's not us suits. anymore. Exactly, monks, monkeys in suits. So I, I would love to, to acknowledge and especially make it available for everyone that if when someone is putting fear on you through the mentioning of others, it's only a tactic to control you. Right. Our strength comes from learning from others. Our power comes from acknowledging others as beings, as this, exactly the same face as I am me, I am you as well. Right. I don't know if that was clear, but yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I see where you're going on that. And um, yeah, I, I kind of, I like that idea of being the idea of growth and movement. If you think of like in nature, you know, you stand still, you're going to get eaten by something. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you get a move, you know, go fast. <laughs> Come on now. You know, yeah. If we were chimps, I understand that the, the need of having the others, it's necessary because it's a survival skill. But now our survival skill needs to be focused on understanding that uh, knowledge is power and the knowledge that you don't have, it's con like contained on others. Right. So in order for you to grow and evolve and uh, be able to survive, you need others. I, I like that. I really like that. By the way, I could speak with you for like hours, I swear. <laughs> I just love your, your, your perspective and your energy and your positivity. One thing I wanted to touch on was in terms of that connectivity and, and you know, connecting and being with others comes communication. Now, both of us are multilingual. What's been your experience um, in regards to language and communication? I study com communication. So for me, communication, it's a huge part of my that life. That is a big part of it, yeah. <laughs> and I like talking, so um, also a big part of my life. So uh, yeah, um, in Mexico, we speak more than 300 different dialects. Mm. Although uh, Spanish is the one that 
dominates the community. I still find it hard, even in my own mother community, to understand the reality of a lot of people because I didn't speak their own language, speak their language. Yeah. And in Australia, English becomes kind of the bridge yeah. to understanding not only other communities but other languages and other words and other ways to describe the same situation. Mm. But most important and the the thing that I like the most is that you find that in certain languages there will be words that can't be translated yes and i think that's beautiful it's it's the perfect example of how we can see the same thing or um live the same thing but we don't experiment it the same way yeah and we don't use the same words to describe it as uh, la petite mort mm-hmm. in French. The little death. Yeah, the little dead. Or even even something like te quiero, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or uh, in Mexico, in Mexico, we have this word apapacho. Apapacho means this like cuddling but snuggly but very very heartwarming kind of way to approach someone else and embrace them. So I found I found that even in like the language and the words we spill a lot of our own culture uh, kind of um, broth. <laughs> I like that. Nice little soup. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And like uh, for the documentary that I was mentioning, the word the the name, the title was Karelu. Karelu in El- language that I don't remember right now it means what leaves the mark Ooh. and in like in Spanish or in English what leaves the mark it's a very big sentence yeah but you can just say carelo yeah yeah right? yeah it gets gets right to the point um, so it's very profound ways to connect mm. with others in a very specific language on a very specific <laughs> community way to connect with others Well, absolutely. I was thinking as well, the power of the word adios. Yeah. It technically means go, go with, with God, God yeah. yeah. Like vaya Dios. Maybe you'd agree or disagree with this, but apparently, in especially in Mexican Spanish, uh, in that particular version of Spanish, to use adios is quite final. You know, with friends and stuff, you wouldn't be like, adios. It, it depends how you say it, I guess. Like if you say, adios, it's like goodbye forever you know like <laughs> jamás te veo you know like i'm yeah, never seeing adios. you again adios whereas if you said it like adios you know it might have a different mm-hmm. word. what would be your thoughts on something even like that it came to my mind a very very funny word that we use all the time which is pedo please let me explain the literal uh meaning for pedo is fart Okay, but we use it for at least 50 different things. <laughs> If I tell you I have a pedo, means I'm in I'm in a pickle. I'm I'm I have an issue. Oh, If wow. I say que pedo, it's like oh hello, how are you? What's up? Right. There's yeah. so many ways to to develop that idea. It's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> but what a great example. Yeah. Um, I remember one in Portuguese, we have the word coco and cocó. And coco mm. is coconut and cocó is poop. So, 
you got to be really careful on how you use Absolutely. them. Absolutely. As I found out when I told the god that was helping on the property that my parents were working on that I really enjoyed coconut, but I was not talking about coconut. So you got to definitely be careful on that one or else you'll get some interesting yeah. looks for sure. Absolutely. Some, yeah, some silly, silly things there. It was more just thinking of, you know, how, how language I have found opening doors and other times found it limiting trying to express something because every time you meet someone you have to learn their vocabulary even in the same language you got to understand what that word means to them oh absolutely absolutely i remember when i just came here to australia i was um living with a family because i was an au pair and the mum will keep saying covered 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 <laughs> And I, I translated in my brain as like covered like yeah. and, and not as cupboard. Right. <laughs> so in my brain, I was like, oh yeah, in the cupboard, in the cover, in the cover. And she's like, what? What do you mean? And I'm like, it's the, the word that you always use. She's like, oh, <laughs> the cup, the board. board. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So even like, um, certain words that I used to use on my English classes when I was in Mexico because it was American English. Yes. Uh, some different. of them don't match here. Mm. I, I'm sure you 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 can share that feeling. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Try asking for a fanny pack here. See what happens. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a bum bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or well, when you when someone asks you for a ciggy and yeah. I was like, what? what? A ciggy, is that like a piece of candy? Yeah. Or what are you talking about? Yeah. Maccas. What is Maccas? Maca, are you exactly. are we going to Mecca <laughs> to buy some uh, some eyeliner or something? Oh my God. No, apparently that's how you call McDonald's. <laughs> I, I feel like we should just do an entire podcast just on language. Oh, absolutely. Especially Australian. Like, uh, we have, uh, well, we, uh, Australian has such, in, like, interesting way to communicate certain ideas, which is hilarious. Like, they put kangaroos and wallabies on their language in such a beautiful way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it makes it so Australian. Yeah. Very enjoyable. <laughs> no, I like that. And I, I like, I like the little slip. The we even came out. Yeah. That's a really great way to summarize what we've spoken about today. The oddity of not being fully raised somewhere and yet feeling yeah. home. I guess the, the thing that makes me think of is that song. I really like the song. I know a lot of people are going to laugh when they hear me say this, and that's fine. I'll be vulnerable and put myself out there. The I Am Australia song. If you haven't heard it, look it up. It's a great oldie, but a goodie. But it's the I am, you are, we are Australia. Yeah, it's beautiful. Much more beautiful than bombs bursting in air and patriotism and things. Don't get me wrong. Those are great, traditional, historical, powerful things and create lots of emotion and have a lot of history. And I'm not discrediting that at all. It's more, I like that different perspective of we are one, but we are many. And from all the lands on earth we come, we share a dream and sing with one voice. I am, you are, we are Australia. That idea that living here, that welcomingness, yeah. I and mean, don't get me wrong, you could definitely look in the news and see things of how we haven't been super welcoming and we don't have a great, perfectly pristine history. And I think you'll find most Australians will accept that and will be, yeah, we know, but we're working on it. <laughs> Watch this yeah, spice. Absolutely. And I like to think about it as a a thing that needs to happen. It's yeah. it's unavoidable. Like we are going to end up everywhere. 
Uh, I was reading on a Facebook group, a Mexican lady was asking like, do you think there is a place on earth where there's no Mexicans? And I was thinking, <laughs> oh, well, that's a really good question. Wow. Like, what's, what's the furthest place away that you think there is an American or there is a mm. Korean or I don't know, whatever, like Chilean, right? And I think eventually we become that beautiful mix of everything which we are already. Try to take me out of watching um, Bluey, the cartoon Bluey for kids here in Australia, <laughs> and I'll kick you as hard <laughs> as a kangaroo, curve. mate. I love it, I'll mate. kick you. Yeah, yeah. So for me, discovering my own part of Australia that I can call my own now because um, it's been some time and I feel like I'm home. And I feel, I think the, the beautiful part of this is that you can have so many different homes yeah. with so many different types of um, cupboards and uh, <laughs> cups inside, you know, in, in, in one house, in one home, you'll get a cup of tea and in the other one, they will serve you tamales or tacos yeah. <laughs> and in the next house, they will serve you sushi and yep. some sake. Yeah. So I think the, welcome to Australia. the beauty, welcome to Australia, welcome to the world. Welcome to thir third and fourth and fifth culture, culture. because we are, <laughs> we eventually become a culture of all. Yeah. At least I would like to see that. Honoring all our ancestors and looking to the future as one. I love that. That oneness that you're talking about is where my heart is. and. I've been on this adventure here in Australia for over a decade and I now consider myself more Australian than anything else I have in my life and that's beautiful. I also still really hold on to that from all the lands on earth we've come, right? I can I can appreciate a proper blueberry muffins and Maine lobster as much as I can, <laughs> you know, bacalhau and all of this or even some proper Mexican <laughs> food, which by the way is almost impossible to find in Sydney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some proper tamales and... Um, even some moles. Oh, I know. Oh, I know the know. struggle. <laughs> but but that's that's the beauty is at one stage in our lives, we were a few hours drive apart and awesome. it took a series of fortunate events, mostly fortunate events, <laughs> to take us on a journey around the world only to end up completely on the other side of the planet from where we were born. Both identifying in a completely different way than our parents did and what we were raised with to think. And then happening to work together at the same place to discover that, oh my God, it is an Americano, wow. Yeah. That for me is quite awesome that life can happen like that. And I'm just really excited about the future because of that. Oh, me too. Um, I make a conclusion about thoughts that we had today and Go just for it. say, I'd love to honor my ancestors picking all the cherries that they gave me. Mm. I'd like to honor my present because today I am who I am because of all the knowledge that I fed myself mm. and that others fed me. Mm. Mm. And I would like to be grateful for tomorrow because I can't wait to see who and what brings me and what we can build with that. Well, that is absolutely beautiful. I love that. I really like that. <laughs> for, for me, it still sums up in one word. El pueblo unido jamás hará vencido. You know, we are in this together. Because really, that's what it's about. We are in this about. together. We, we yeah, are, absolutely. We're one but many, but we're here to 
We're here to get through it together. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, that is bringing us now to the end of our session here. I want to thank you, Anna, so much, you know, del, del fondo de mi corazón, like from the bottom of my heart <laughs> for joining today. And, and I wanted to, to thank you for helping me go forward with a project that's meant a lot to me for some time and, and motivate me to go out there and share these stories and, and hopefully give some of our listeners either just a way, a new way to look at things or maybe even appreciation that they're not alone out there, that no matter where you sit on the third culture scale it's all good no benja thank you it's um it's been fantastic thank you for having me i feel really blessed that i was um uh invited here today and i can only be grateful for the space and the amazing chat that we have today hmm. and before and hopefully um this project will get to a lot of Um, ears and mm. we'll be able to make a beautiful beautiful thing out of this I love it 100% 100% yeah fantastic well thank you again for joining and thank you those who have been listening to us today I really appreciate that. And we are going to be recording again soon. Our next guest will be the lovely Ty, and we're going to be getting to know a little bit more about him and his background as well. So thank you, Anna. Um, thank you so much. And we'll see you all again on Third Culture. <laughs>